Welcome to the Questions of Life podcast. I'm Kath. I'm here with Donald. Hello. In our conversation today, we are looking at love and biblical love. What does it mean to love like Jesus? Enjoy our conversation. So, Donald, we're looking at how do we love like Jesus? Why should we love like Jesus? I want to start by reading just some words of Scripture. In uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, it says this, and this is Paul speaking, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. This sense that as we are encouraged by Jesus, what he has done for us, what he has done for the world, his great love, we are to be imitators of that. We are to love like Jesus loved. Now, when you begin to think about that and you compare yourself to Jesus, you think, oh gosh, how on earth can I do that? Because we're looking at the Son of God who came to earth. He's the one that stilled the storm. He's the one that forgave the uh, woman caught in adultery. He had supper with Zacchaeus. He healed the sick. He healed the lame. He did all these amazing things. And Scripture is encouraging us to imitate him, to be like him. Is it possible for mere mortals, for human beings like you and I, to get anywhere near living a life that reflects something of Jesus? Or will it always be just a little bit short and shoddy of that? Well, gosh, uh, I don't know whether it's possible get, to get near. I think it's possible every day to be more loving than we were the previous day. And I think it's, it's what we need to aspire. We'll still fall short, but to be more loving tomorrow than I was today or than I was yesterday, that's the goal. Um, I think that the good news is that that the spirit of Jesus, his power, mm. is available to live within us, to transform us from within. Mm. So it's not something that we are saying, I must be. It's a saying to God, this is what I want to be. Mm-hmm. Will you empower me? Will you change me? Will you help me be this? So we can all be changed to love more like Jesus. I mean, you look at the extreme example of Jesus's love in some ways is when he was on the cross and the crowds were shouting insults at him. He'd been beaten to a pulp. He was in agony on the cross, being mocked. And what did he say? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm. You know, he didn't have to go through with that the way that he was treated. He had the power to take himself off the cross. And yet so great was his love for the world, even the world that persecuted him and screamed at him and was horrendous. You think, oh my life, are we able to act like Jesus? Mm. Is the power of the Spirit strong enough to help us with those that we struggle with and those that don't love us? Is that Mm. possible? I think it is possible, but I think we need to be very clear on what we mean by love. We're not talking about a feeling. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a decision and a choice and an action. Yeah. And I don't, I think Jesus didn't like what was being done to him. Mm-hmm. And there's a sense in which the very act of saying, Father, forgive them, is suggesting that, that they needed forgiveness. Yeah. That what was being done to him was not what he was enjoying, was not something that he approved of. Mm-hmm. And to some extent, therefore, would have been making him angry. Yeah. So it's, 
we, when we're talking about the love that, that God is commanding us to have, which, and it is a command, a command is to love others. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a decision. It's not the same as liking. It's not the same as feeling. Mm-hmm. It's choosing to treat that other person well. Mm-hmm. And it's choosing to bless that other person. And that sometimes will feel like what we want to do. And sometimes it will be really hard work and not what we want to do at all. But with our head, it's what we have decided we'll do. And even though we don't feel it, we'll do it. And the real measure of love is not whether we are able to love those who love us. Mm -hmm. That's easy. Anyone can do that. But when Mm -hmm. the Bible talks about commanding us to love and imitating Jesus. We're talking about the real extreme end, which is to love those who hate us, Mm -hmm. to love those who are unlovable. Mm. And when we learn the principles of doing that, actually the love for the people that like us or the people that we hope will like us is easy Mm. and straightforward and Mm. benefits from choosing to love the difficult people. And, and it's, to me, it's how we're made to, to be. God made us to love. He didn't make us to be self-centered. He didn't make us to have enemies. He didn't mm. make us to uh, be alienated from people. He made us to love. So when we are functioning in that choice and we're choosing actions and behaviors, that's when we feel fulfilled. That's when we feel alive. That's when we feel that we're existing as we're intended to exist. But it isn't a feeling. It's a choice that we make. So often we get caught up with our feelings and our emotions, mm. don't they? And they can rule us. Um, so it's really helpful to, to start off. Uh, and how do we, at the very beginning, if we are struggling in this area, if we're struggling to love someone else, how do we change that? How do we get to a point where it is not a feeling, but it's based on a decision? What's that little journey like? I think the first thing is to own it and admit it and to bring it to God and say, look, I'm really struggling with these people, this colleague, this neighbour, this family member. Mm. I'm re- and be honest with God. Mm. And, and instead of pretend or hide, it'd be honest. Um, so the first thing is, is we said to God, Lord, I'm struggling with this. I know what you, how you want me to, to treat this person, but I'm really struggling with that and to mm-hmm. own that. A good next step is to, is to just pray for them. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that's what the, the Bible tells us to do for our enemies, is to pray for them. Mm-hmm. So you begin to pray for someone. And you may feel, I can do nothing for this person, but I'm choosing to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And that then as we say to God, Lord, help me to love. And then we start to pray, Lord, will you bless this person? Mm. Will you help them? Will you encourage Mm. them? Will you strengthen them? Then we begin, as God's work from within, we begin to say, I want to be part of God's answering of my prayer Mm. for them. So as you're praying for someone to be blessed, you begin to want to be part of the machinery of blessing them. Mm. And we begin to say, I want to join in God with what you're doing. So there'll be times for all of us when people will rub us up the wrong way, when there won't be people that we naturally warm to, that we naturally want to love. It it will happen to us all. In every walk of life, there will always be someone or some people. And it's explicit. You know, when Jesus says very clearly, love your enemies. Now, 
you can you have to first say this person's my enemy. Mm. I don't like this person. This mm. person is, is hurtful to me, rubs me up the wrong way. Mm. Until you acknowledge that and say, this is the reality. I have enemies. I have people I don't like. You, then you can't begin to love. Mm. If we're just pretending or trying to excuse them or we're trying to find some kind of fake emotion that we like them, uh, then you don't really get to the root of being loving. To be loving is to say, I, I don't like what this person is doing, but I want to be doing what is best for them. And we can also not be loving towards other people, not necessarily because of what they're like, but because of what's going on in us. Yeah. We, we can judge them or have a wrong opinion of them. And sometimes it's quite chastening to come to that point of realizing, actually, it's not about how they're treating me. It's about how I feel about them. Mm. It's just a slightly different starting point of being honest with yourself and God, but sometimes it isn't them, it's, it's, it's us. A lot of the time that, that it is, it's us. Yes. It's our self-centeredness, it's our sense of pride or arrogance or that the world should revolve around us or that everybody should meet our needs or everybody should do what we want. And sometimes it's about our judging that we've decided people are this or are that and they're not at all. Mm. And they're completely innocent of the motives and agendas that we've put on them. Mm. And we've seen that throughout history. We've seen that in apartheid, racial, in, in a whole load of other ways, where people's response to other people was to judge, was mm. to belittle, was to condemn innocence, and, and not to treat people with respect mm. and with love. Mm. So it's not a new thing. I think it's mm. something we struggle with as a human race because mm. we're a sinful human race. You know, we are at times selfish and preoccupied with ourselves. And so this is, again, calling us to take our eyes off ourselves and to fix them on God and on those around us and, and to say, okay, your command is to love. I struggle. Help me. What does that look like in practice? You know, love's a, a word that we, we throw around so often that can be interpreted in, in so many different ways. What does it mean? Well, the great news is that there's a fantastic passage in Scripture that explains and gives real clarity Excellent. as to what that looks like. I mean, partly it's to say it looks like Jesus, and, but, but there's a great passage mm -hmm. uh, in 1 Corinthians 13. Now, that is a passage that is read at, at weddings, mm -hmm. and there's an assumption that it's about marriage mm -hmm. and family life. It isn't. Mm -hmm. It's actually about... Um, relationships between people who <laughs> were rubbing each other up the wrong way. <laughs> and it's written to a, a church that was in mm. conflict, and it's written about uh, community life. Um, so it, it, let's have a look at it, because yep. it's absolutely brilliant. It. Uh, and it starts, like, you know, we put the chapter headings in afterwards. It actually starts the sort of last part of the verse before. He says, uh, this is the end of chapter 12, he says, now I will show you the most excellent way. And then he says, and we were just talking about this a moment or two ago before we started recording, this next part is for me one of the foundational passages of scripture that defines my whole understanding. And then I quote again and again mm. and again. He says this, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And let me just unpack what he means. He's saying, if I appear to have all kinds of spiritual power, if mm -hmm. I appear to be really close to God, if my language and my words appear to be the very words of God, mm -hmm. 
but in my practice, I am not loving. He's saying, my words are a loud and unpleasant sound. And the Bible always, when it repeats itself in a slightly different way, is saying, notice this. Mm. They didn't have yellow highlighters. <laughs> so when we look at the next verse, he says the same thing, but a different way. Mm -hmm. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have faith, that can move mountains. Now, that's very much what's been going on in the church, that they're divided over who's the most spiritual, who's the closest to God. Mm. And in our world today, we see the preachers on the internet who have faith that can move mountains. Mm. You touch the screen, you believe this and you'll be healed. And so this is as powerful today as it was then. Mm. He's saying, look, the people who look like they know God the best, who are seeing all the miracles, he says, mm. if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. Mm. Nothing. Mm. And then he does it a third time. It's like, I really, really <laughs> want you to get this. He says, look, if I can give, this is verse three, if I can give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames. In other words, if I go through persecution, if I'm a martyr, mm. And we, again, we see in our culture how much religion mm. tends to praise the martyrs. And he's saying, look, if you give everything you have to the poor, you're a real generous person. You live simply. You are sacrificial. And all this kind of stuff that we have about the, uh, the, the conflict between rich and poor and the, the really spiritual people are the poor people. He says, if I, all of that, but have not love, mm -hmm. I gain nothing. What is he saying? He's saying love is the most important thing in the universe, mm. in your life, in your faith. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you do. If it's not loving, it's irrelevant. Mm. So I think the first thing is to, to go, hallelujah, that's, I agree with that. Mm. Mm. And to say, that's what I want to be. Yeah. And if we say, look, I just know what I really want is to be able to speak in tongues or what I really want is the faith that moves mountains, or what I really want is to be known that I give all my money to people. And that to me is more important than the way I treat my enemies, the way I treat the people I find difficult, the way I treat people I disagree with, the way I treat the people that are difficult to live with. Mm. Then I'm on the wrong train. Mm. I'm in the wrong religion mm. and I'm not knowing Jesus, because Jesus is saying all of the things that look religious are rubbish mm. if there isn't love. Mm. He's not saying they're rubbish, but they're rubbish if they don't, uh, are not in, in, encapsulated, surrounded by, breathed in love. So for me, the beginning point is to say, God, I want to live a life of love. Mm. I want to be who you want me to be, who you shaped me to be. So when I, I mean, I keep re I've read, quote that passage so often because it just inspires me. It makes me go, yes, I really want a God mm. who's not interested in everything else mm. if I don't love. I'm mm. really interested in a God who says, the way you treat the vulnerable, the broken, mm. the, hard, the, hard, the hard to live with, whoever it is, the way you treat them, that matters more than anything else. So I'm going to a sermon mode there. What That's was the okay. question? That's great. Now, we're trying to flesh out what love looks like. So, okay. So it looks like that you prioritize it. But that's, again, we use this word a lot of the last few weeks, countercultural. Yeah. 
we live in a in a cancel culture where yeah. if I don't agree with you, then I'm gonna yeah. blank you and you're gonna be written out and nobody's gonna take an interest in yeah. you. This is not what we see happening in our world today. Yeah. You know, we were talking as well about what's going on in different parts of the world. Mm. It's not loving to drop a load of bombs on somebody and mm. kill a load of people. Mm. There's 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 very little love in our on our world today. Yeah. That's why we're in yeah. such a complete yeah. mess because it's not underpinning yeah. Anything. Do you think if you stood for prime minister and your manifesto was love, you know, if this was your manifesto, what kind of response do you think you'd get from the United Kingdom? Well, it, it, it's interesting, you know, Beatles saying all you need is love. And everybody goes, yes, yes, yes. But what did that mean? Mm. And what, what? And the danger is that what we think mean by all you need is love is all you need is to be loved. Yes. Which is then the most self-centered thing. We talked a little bit about this last week. Mm. It's all about, hey, love me. Mm. Um, and so all you need is love is, would get you elected, but the assumption would be it's about being, being loved. Mm. Whereas I think really, far bit for me to criticize the Beatles, but if they'd sung all you need is to love, mm -hmm it would have been a slightly different thing. And I don't think it fits musically, does it? No. I no. think that's the problem there's with a great, it. There's a great line. My, one of my musical heroes is Larry Norman. Oh, gosh. And there's a great line in one of his songs, which is probably libelous, but he says, the Beatles sung, all you need is love, and then they broke up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. It is a good line to a song, isn't it? It's a good lyric. That's very true. But people's understanding of love, this is what we go back to. Mm. On the whole, we don't get it. Mm. We are so preoccupied with me. What about me? What do I get from this? You're telling me to lay aside my feelings and, and what I want and, and to look out for everybody else and for everything to be underpinned by mm. this selfless love. Mm. You're not going to get voted on that manifesto, are no. you? No. It it's is. It's called, uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it's just not that seen. And when it is seen, people are shocked and are like, wow, this is just incredible. Or they'll ask the question, what's in it for them? Mm. You know, yeah. you're playing up to the crowds. Why are you doing this? There's got to be a catch. Uh, and, and, and we'll question and question and question it to the nth mm. degree. A little mm. bit, I mean, Jesus was questioned to the nth degree. Who mm. is he? Why is he doing this? la da 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 But it is so refreshingly different mm. and yet it's the oldest principle in the mm. bible isn't mm. it it is about love so then he unpacks it yep so verse four mm -hmm. so i mean i would draw out maybe four five different because you asked the question what is love yeah and i think that this passage kind of draws out five different things and he starts off he says this is verse four love is patient and uh, a little bit later, he says, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So fundamentally, you make a choice to say, I'm not going to jump in. I'm not going to answer back. I'm not going to tell everybody else how this person's wrong. I'm not going to tell everybody. I'm not going to keep a record of how I'm going to pay them back. I am going to make a decision to be patient, to be merciful, to be forgiving and that's a choice because people will hurt us he says keeps it keeps mm. no record of wrongs it doesn't mm. say you don't feel wronged we mm. we are wronged mm. 
but you keep no record. You let it go. Mm. You say, okay, I'm going to forgive. I'm going to uh, show and choose mercy over revenge. I'm going to choose grace over blame. I'm going to choose patience mm. over anger. And all of that is a fundamental thing. And often you'll, you need to keep saying, God, help me. This person's driving me mad. This person mm. has hurt me. This person has damaged me. Help me to let it go. Mm. Help me to let it go. Mm. But that's the first characteristic of, of love is to be patient, merciful and forgiving. It's interesting. When you were away a few weeks ago, we had Lucy and Richard talking about their lives. And one of the most powerful things that Lucy talked about was the fact that her husband left her in their very, very young baby, went off with another woman, uh, married this woman, had a baby with her. She tells this in the mm. Questions of Life story. And then he's now left this, this second wife. And Lucy talked remarkably about now how she's reached out to this other woman uh, and with kindness mm. and in grace and mercy. And there's no uh, keeping a record of wrongs. There's no, well, you nick my husband, you can jog on and do one. Mm. You know, like a lot of people would react. For me, that is the love of Jesus working through her in her life, reflected through that decision that she's made not to hold on to that bitterness. Mm. And it mm. was a journey for her to get there. But that was so powerful mm. that, that actually she holds nothing against this woman. They have become friends. They spend time together. Their children spend time together. It's just like, wow, that can only be God, mm. that is just incredible. So this is possible. Mm. This, this, this happens in the lives of ordinary people like Lucy and, and others. This isn't, oh yeah, that would be great, but that's just for the upper echelon of the church mm. that are brilliant. Actually, God's asking us to do this and through yeah. his spirit in yeah. us, it is achievable. It yeah. may not seem it, it may take us a while to get there, but what an impact, what mm. a difference. What does that other woman think of Lucy? Why is she not had a go at me? Why is she not slap me around the face? What, why is she being kind? You're just like, oh, my life. What message does that communicate? It's incredible. Love in action. It is. It's, and it's not this... It's, it, it, in one sense, it's easy. It's treating other people how we want to be mm, treated. But, absolutely. But, and we all want to be forgiven. We yes. all don't want to be blamed. We all want people to say, give us another chance. We all want people to be mm. patient with us. So in one sense, it's obvious to say, okay, well, love is doing that. Yeah. But actually, the culture is to say, well, you need to blame that person. You need to be angry. Yeah. You need to fire off on Twitter and tell them yeah. how wrong they are. You need to cancel them or whatever it is. Mm. And that's our culture. But none of us really want that world. None of no. us really want to live in that world. We're inspired by Lucy. We're inspired mm. by those stories. But it's moving from being inspired to saying, okay, God, this is my choice. Mm. And uh, patience is the only way you ever have to be patient is when something is happening that you don't want. Mm. If something is, happens that you want, you don't need to be patient. Mm. So patient is a choice at the feeling of frustration. It's not a feeling. You choose to walk away. You choose to count to 10. You choose mm. to shut your mouth. Mm. You choose not to press send. You choose not to pick up the phone. Mm. It, when everything within you wants to do it, because if you, everything within you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't be being patient. Yes. Patient is saying, this is what I want to do, but I'm not going to do it. Mm. And that is such a key choice to make. 
mm. and to choose patience, to choose to wait, to mm. choose to give people space and time. But we live in a very fast-paced culture. We want everything now. We want everything mm. our way. So again, it's not the easiest of things mm. for us to cultivate. Mm. But we get plenty of opportunity to mm. work on it because we, I think we're impatient <laughs> most yep. of the time. Yep, yep. Next phrase yep. is love is kind. Yep. And uh, later on it says it always protects. To me, it's, it's simply saying love is behaviour. It's things you do. I, I mean, kindness, gentleness, whatever words you want to use, they are so underrated. And, and yet, in one sense, easy, but in another sense, different. Today, how can I be kind? Mm. How can I be kind to my colleague? I make them a coffee or mm. I help them with their work. How can I be kind to my neighbour? Mm. Uh, they haven't put their bins out. They haven't put their bins in. How can mm. I be kind to someone who uh, is irritating? What mm. does kindness look like? Mm. And that's to me is such a powerful thing. Is oh, I feel cross with this person, but I'm going to do something kind. And ultimately, for an enemy, someone who's hurt us, somebody who mm. hates us, somebody who bad mouths us, somebody who criticizes us, I'm going to choose to do something kind. Mm. I'm not going to pay back. Mm. I'm going to turn the other cheek and I'm going to do something kind. Mm. Um, and it's so powerful and so significant. I think, I was just thinking of different examples of that. And, and so there are some that are more straightforward and easier than others. So there are some that you can just quite naturally do as part of your everyday. If someone hasn't particularly wound you up or upset you, or you're mm. not trying to forgive an enemy. I think if you pray for opportunities, there will be simple opportunities where you can express kindness whether it is you know i've baked a cake guys here's a bit whatever it might be i mean my neighbors i came out of my house the other day they'd been washing their cars and they were on my drive washing my car you wow. know just because it was dirty and they wanted to do that just like thank you ever so much if you'd like you to come and do the house the neighborhood down and i was bringing the neighborhood <laughs> down you know pipe haze has got a lot to live up to <laughs> but then i was thinking about sometimes there are there are bigger situations and more painful situations that we go through where showing kindness is really difficult and it takes you time to get there. So I was thinking of um, the experience I had with my brother. My brother was not the nicest of people. And my last encounter with him was him basically telling me to F off and he was never going to effing speak to me again and there'd been like this big row and he'd been completely out of order and so that was just after Christmas and he was so bad that I wasn't going to ever go home and see him because I felt I needed to take myself out of a situation that was damaging to me and I spent probably four months crying and praying each day about my response to it and about God helping me. And I got to the point where I thought, I need to do something that is right for me to reach out to him, even though he wasn't showing me any remorse and was still the same that he was. And so my gesture was to buy him an Easter egg and my parents were visiting me just before Easter and to send that home is just a little, 
really little. It wasn't a major thing, but it was a, I, I, I am trying to do the right thing here. I am trying to show kindness. It is an Easter egg. Uh, and it can be something that takes us a while to build up to. And it doesn't have to be the biggest expression. Sometimes it's just a little step in yes, that direction, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be. I'm going to show you the world. Mm. And, mm. It, and it's just being obedient to those little prompts of God that we feel. And we may be like me. I was not in the wrong. I was completely in the right. But there was something that I had to work through with God, this, uh, this, this forgiveness and, and, and getting to the point where I could let go of that and, and in a very protected mm. way start again. Um, so I think there's always opportunities that God gives us, but sometimes it takes time with mm. that. And I think the definition of kindness is you do something that you didn't need to do mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. nobody expected you to do. Yeah. But you go that little bit further yeah. and it's good for someone. That's what they needed or wanted or it blesses them or encourages them. But by definition, it's not was expected of you it's kind that was kind to do that it means mm -hmm. you didn't have to do that mm -hmm. and i think finding and looking those and what can then happen is that our emotions follow mm -hmm. that the more you do kind things for people sometimes you then begin to melt in your mm -hmm. feelings towards them and that can affect things in a positive way I mean, like with my brother. So the Easter egg went home with my parents, but they arrived home to find that he'd collapsed and died of a heart attack. So he never actually got it. Mm. It would have been a complete surprise to him that I'd have done that because he knew he'd completely crossed the line by 500 miles and wasn't prepared to do anything to sort it out. Interestingly, though, that was so cathartic and helpful for me mm. in actually doing that helped me with his death and, and processing that and the whole grief process afterwards. So God is incredible that he sees the bigger picture, that it's not just about this, this little thing here, but the, the just simple gesture of an Easter egg actually had huge, mm. for me, in seeking to do the right thing, God honored that and, and was, was mm. incredibly mm. helpful and healing, mm. was mad. And the other little phrase that links into me is it says it all, all it always protects, mm. love always protects. And I, and I love that phrase, always. It always protects. Mm. So you look out and say, how does this person need protection? Mm. Maybe from themselves, mm. maybe from me, maybe from other things in life. But mm. if I'm going to choose to love, I will always protect, mm. always do what's best for them. Mm. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, and you know those people that will do that. You know those mm. people that have got your back. Mm. Whereas someone's about to slate you or, or do or say something. And then the people that say, well, well hold on, no, that's not true mm. or whatever. And I want to be one of those people and it's really hard. I want to be known as somebody that she's got my back. Mm. That, that if ever, you know, I need to, she's there. Mm. Whatever that situation mm. might be. Mm. I want to have someone's back and be known for that rather than being fickle and fake. And sometimes she'll stand up for me and sometimes she'll be the one that points the finger mm. or will join in with what everybody else says. I want my yes to be yes and my no to be no. Absolutely. And it, it always means that it's hard when we secretly want that person to be hurt. Yes. We want that person to be laughed mm. at. We want that person to be exposed. We want mm. that person to be 
uh, ridiculed in some, mm. and but for us to say actually no, that's that, don't say that. Mm. When really deep down our feeling is we like it. That's mm. the real Christ-likeness and the measure mm. of love because it always protects, always. And you go back to what you said earlier. Uh, it might have been this session. It might have been the one before. I'm not sure they all merge into one. <laughs> About treating other people as you yourself would like to be treated. It was this one. It was this one. Five Great. minutes ago. Five Thanks for listening. Ago. Yeah, I'm on it. I'd remembered it. I'd remembered it. Just so that people know, this is uh, our, our third live stream of the evening. We've done one live one and two pre-records. I'm getting old. I'm sorry. Um, but there's such truth. Yeah, yeah. There's such truth in that. If we thought for a moment, if I was in that situation, yeah. what would I want Kath to do? I wouldn't yeah. want her to mock me. I wouldn't want her just to head down and knock. I, I, I would... I'd want to be helped and supported mm. and encouraged. It's so easy to say they had it coming. Yeah. Much harder to say, maybe they did, but I'm going to still protect mm. them. Mm. I mean, this is challenging stuff, isn't it? It is. It's, it's, it's inspiring. simple. I'll just love. You know, that, that seems like, oh, that's easy. It's yeah. just yeah. love and peace, man. But this, this is huge. And this is a passage that I've preached on more than any other passage because I always say to people when they get married, you choose a passage and I'll preach on it. And mm -hmm. so uh, literally 50% of the mm -hmm. weddings I've ever done, this has been the passage. Mm -hmm. I have preached on this passage more than any other passage. Gosh. And it's fantastic mm -hmm. because it, every time you feel, yeah, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it goes on. It says, love does not envy. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. And it's that whole area that we just, you just said, of wanting the best for someone. Mm -hmm. Doesn't envy. Mm -hmm. And again, envy is a natural feeling. And we need to say to God, I can see the envy in me. Yeah. And I don't want it. Yeah. Lord, will you cleanse me of it? I confess mm. it. Whereas if you indulge envy and you, you want that person to be damaged because they've got more than you, because they've, uh, their family's happier than yours, their, their income is bigger than yours, their mm. house is nicer, they're better looking, and, and that just corrodes us and it damages mm. us and it, it, wants, it makes us treat people badly. Mm. But to me, it's... it's inspiring and to say to God, Lord, take that from me. Take mm. that envy. I want to renounce how I feel and I want them to do well. Mm. Um, and I, I find that difficult. I find it difficult. You feel threatened when you see, you know, somebody's leading a church and it's growing 10 times faster than yours and they're famous or whatever it is. Uh, it's a thing. It's a mm. thing you battle with. Mm. And, it, and, and to want to bless people, mm. even if you feel, oh, they're better than me and they've got more than mm. me or whatever it is. It's hard, but it's mm. just inspirational to mm. me. This passage, like all of scripture, is, is like um, holding a mirror up to yourself and, and it's hard, isn't mm. it? Um, it talks about scripture being alive a and active, sharper than a, than a two-edged sword. Mm. Flipping heck, as you compare yourself to these things, it's a little bit, oh, my life. Yeah. I've got quite a way to go to be the person that I want to be, the person that God created me to be, because these are all things that we agree with. There's nothing in here that no. you would say, oh, no, no, that's not right. You're like, yes. If only everybody else treated me like this, everything would be fine, wouldn't yeah. it? Would be great, and I yeah. would be a better version of myself, and I would be yeah. perfect. I wouldn't. I'd ruin it all, obviously. But it's in, it's in, 
incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. What a difference the world would make if we all put this into practice. Mm. Give yeah. them a best shot, but yeah. I'm not so yeah. good. So yeah. we want the best for others. Yeah. Uh, a couple more things to finish yep. it off. It says, love does not boast, it is not proud. And again, exactly what you're saying, it's what we all want. Mm -hmm. And it is a mirror because you can only change when you acknowledge that you're not. Yeah. And to recognise pride and, and boasting mm -hmm. and envy in ourselves is such a, a key to being free of it. Mm -hmm. The moment we think we're not, and we're not proud, we're not boastful, then we, we just allow it to fester within us. But if we can mm -hmm. say, Lord, today I didn't need to say that, did I? I didn't mm -hmm. need everybody to see me do, do that. I didn't need to point out what I'd done. I didn't need people to praise me. I didn't need to mm -hmm. be uh, recognized and thanked. I didn't need to get grumpy because I wasn't recognized or mm -hmm. thanked. The moment we can see that, then God can change that. Mm -hmm. uh, and the final bit, mm -hmm. uh, it says, love always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres, love never fails. And that's just fantastic. This sense of faithfulness mm. that when we love, we commit mm. and we stay in it. Mm. And we, we always perseveres. It doesn't give up. And that, that's, yeah, we're just going around in circles. But to me, it's just what I want to be. I want mm. to be someone who is known as, as someone who, who sticks in it with people. Mm. Just as a little um, by issue, I don't know that's the right word. I can't think of there's a proper word for it, but as we know, I'm not the best with words. When we're talking about love never fails, always perseveres, there are some situations that we have to withdraw from for our own safety, and that is okay. Um, that's right. Absolutely. I think we need to be clear that loving someone is not the same as trusting them. Mm -hmm. And loving someone is not the same as allowing them to damage us or others. Mm -hmm. That I can love someone who I don't trust. Mm -hmm. That's part of what enemies are. They're people mm -hmm. we don't trust. And it's not that I have a feeling because I don't like the way they've treated yeah. me. And it's not that I think, oh, they're going to carry on. I can, they're not going to do it again. If we, we think there's a real risk they're going to do it, we mm -hmm. have to ring fence that, but we can still be kind. We can still pray for them. Mm -hmm. We can still want them to be blessed by God in some way or other. Mm -hmm. But we don't need to live with them mm -hmm. and we don't need to like them. Mm -hmm. And what it also makes me think of is there were times when... Um, a certain president of a certain country recently uh, used to just frustrate and annoy me. And one of the antidotes that God gave me for that was to pray mm -hmm. and was to pray blessings uh, and, and good things over them. Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly challenging and interesting when you begin to feel a reaction to someone that you don't even know you think, well, what, you know, what difference is me praying for them going to make? Actually, it's a really powerful thing to do because it frees us from that reaction that's probably unhelpful. But then we're pouring blessing that there may be change into their lives that they may encounter and experience mm. God. Mm. So that was a really helpful thing for me. Rather than getting annoyed with everybody, pray for them. Mm. Uh, and that's quite challenging because there's lots of people that annoy me. <laughs> 
and I reckon I get prayed for a lot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> You're praying for me all the time. <laughs> not a, people, a lot of people annoy. I annoy a lot of people, so I think I'm, I'm heavily backed, yeah. heavily backed in prayer. Yeah. So, where's our starting point with this? Starting point is that if you want to follow Jesus, you choose to love. There's, it's non-negotiable. You can't say, Jesus, I choose to follow you. You give me everything I want, and I'll treat everybody like dirt. That's just not Christianity. To choose Jesus is to choose love. And what I think happens is that when you choose Jesus, his spirit within you says, yes, this is what mm. I want to help me. And bit mm. by bit, day by day, we, we transform. It's the fruit of his spirit. Mm. It's what he does in us. Love, joy, mm. patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. That's what he does within us. Mm. We're not going to be perfect tomorrow, but we can be better than we were today. I wonder whether there's value in people going away and just spending time in this passage. And it may be the question that they want to ask, okay, speak to me. What mm. is it that I need to change? Mm. Because for some of us, it will be different mm. things. And just spend time in this passage and let yep. it speak to us and yep. let God speak. Yep. And it may be a different thing that comes out at, at, at different points. But all of us have ways that we can be better. I, th I think that's brilliant. And I think you'll be, we're shocked when we do that and we suddenly think, that wasn't very kind, was it? Mm. I was boasting then. Mm. I'm envious, aren't I? Mm. I've kept a record here. Mm. And most of us would think, I don't do that. But as you say, let God speak through that and, and he'll begin to highlight things. Mm. And that's not a frightening or condemning mm. thing. It's a freeing thing. Yeah. It's a cleansing moment. You go... Oh, I was unkind then, I'm going to yeah. stop that. Yeah. And just come to it without any agenda and mm. just say, okay, God, would you speak to me? Uh, and then just take your time, isn't it? Just slowly reading through it, read it through a couple of times, just sit with it. And, and things will just, as with all of us, bubble up to the surface and mm. there'll be a, a recognition. But God is gracious and God wants the best for us. And that excites me that God doesn't want to leave us where we are. He wants to change us to become more like Jesus. Mm. And I think as we change and become more like Jesus, as his spirit works in us, we were talking last week about happiness and, and contentment. It is then that we are contented, mm. that we are fulfilled, that there is a sense of joy and purposefulness that mm. actually I'm doing what I was put on this planet to do, mm. to love God and to love my neighbour. Mm. Whoever that neighbour might be, wherever they might be, how much they annoy me or whatever, I am to love and we can in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It's incredible. Anything else you want to say? No, on? that's good. We're good to go. So the song is, All You Need Is To Love. Is To Love. Da, 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 da. Great. As long as I know that, we'll do our own little Sutton Baptist version Or the Beatles sang, All You Need Is Love, and then they broke up. Yeah, I love that. I think that's brilliant. That's my quote for the night. <laughs> Fantastic.